Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the WRSU Crew, what could be the final live crew of the school year, but... You know who's here. It's the, the pair of seniors that have been rocking these airwaves for, well, Jake for four years and me for three years. So, hello, everybody. Hope everybody's quarantine's going well. I'm Justin Santu. Jake Ostrov is with me. Jake, what's going on? Um, a lot of things are going on, but nothing going on at the same time. Mm, sure, I'm that, sure everyone can relate with that right now. Isn't that how it goes? It's uh, it's quarantine season because of the coronavirus. Um, how is your, are you, what, what's the word? Are you social... Am I distancing Social myself? Distancing. Well, I'm about as far away from you as possible right now. Yes. And not even a Miles Johnson wingspan could connect us. No way. <laughs> We've got a pretty awesome show ready for tonight. Um, at 6.30, Coach Pico will join the show, talk about what was a historic Rutgers basketball season that we were so lucky to to be a part of and, and cover and, you know, be real fans on. Um Coach Goodale will join as well. His wrestlers were were t- stolen of an opportunity to compete for a national title, and um, he will join the show at 645. We'll talk to the terrific James Cratch, perhaps the last time we'll get to interview James Cratch on these WRSU airwaves, which is a little weird um, as he's been such a, such a legitimate part of our WRSU sports life over the last couple of, of years, whether it's football interviews or just coming on the crew and talking about Goodness knows what. Um, Everything. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah, he is the man. So he'll be joining at 7.05, and then Steve Owens, the head baseball coach, will finish up the the series of interviews at 7.30. So we've got all four of those in our two-hour program. You're not going to want to be – you're not going to want to miss it, and we're happy you are along for the ride. But for now, it's just Jake and I. And, Jake, you and I were together in Indianapolis when – when news news struck that the Big Ten tournament would be canceled, and then we were on our flight from Indy to DC, when the NCAA made their ultimate decision to cancel the NCAA tournament, um, I don't know if you remember, but that entire walk. Through- you didn't talk to me until we got back to Newark. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you did notice. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't really know what to say. I uh, I didn't either. So, Gave you a nice elbow bump when we got back to Newark and yeah. went on our way. I, I, it's still hard to believe. It is. I keep thinking that something's got to change, right? Like something, like none of this feels okay. You want like you didn't play the Big Ten tournament, fine. The players that started to leave, like that, starts to you know hit me a little bit that the season's actually over. Yep. I still feel like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and there's gonna be a slate of basketball games <laughs> on because everyone's published their their brackets and. You know, talked about the season, all the teams are putting together, you know, the highlight montages from the season, which like the one shining moments that all the schools are putting out. Like, I can't watch enough of them. They're so great. They're so good. All of them. They're so heartbreaking. And obviously, you know, the one that Rutgers put out like an hour or two ago, like that, like that one made me tear up. But there were so many others that I'm just like, man, like it was just an awesome year for college basketball. And it's going to be like an awesome tournament. And, you know, we were completely robbed of it. None of this feels Real because no one's seen anything like this, you know. Like we're not going to be in a classroom ever again. 
I know it's awesome. It, <laughs> I mean, I like going to class. I like seeing people, but like, it's weird that it's happening now so early. You know, yeah. we're not gonna be able to. You know, for right now, we don't have a graduation. Like, that's tough. It's weird. It's weird. Like, it's really sad, and it's, you know, it's even tougher when you're stuck at home, you know, and you're just stuck sitting with your thoughts, and everyone else is stuck sitting with their thoughts, and things start to spiral and things start to look worse and like. Look, I mean, we're going through a historic time, something that we're going to tell our kids about, grandkids. Like, hey, like, when you're learning about 2020, the coronavirus outbreak and how, you know, you know, obviously our kids going to be huge sports fans. They'll be looking back through the records and be like looking at who won, you know, when we were in college. How come they didn't play March Madness when uh, you guys were seniors? Well, this is what happened. I wish I wish we didn't have a story at all. I know. I wish it was just a regular here's what happened and here's who won. But. It's something to talk about for years to come, and it's it's tough to go through right now. Well, that's what everybody keeps telling me. Like, my grandparents, they're like, well, you're going to have a chance to tell your grandkids about, you know, the time where you were supposed to call the NCAA tournament and be with Rutgers basketball in the NCAA tournament, but it got canceled because of the coronavirus, and this is forever going to be a memory. Well, no. No, I, I, the memory was supposed to be, we got to call. I would, I would rather just <laughs> yes. talk about going to the game and doing the game. It would have been the first time in 29 years Rutgers basketball played in an NCAA tournament game, and we were, were robbed of it. Yeah. Um, not just us at WRSU, and not just the Rutgers basketball players who you feel terrible for because they put together the best season that this this university has seen on the hardwood in in three decades. Um, Probably more. Yeah. And just they got robbed of it. The fans who were just incredible all season long, like unbelievable all season long, selling out the rack night after night. They got robbed of it. And it's just, I mean, it's heartbreaking, Jake. Tomorrow is supposed to be the greatest day of the year. And for the first time, like in our lifetimes, like Rutgers was going to be a part of it. Yeah. And like now that's not the case. And we're just supposed to move on with our lives. Um. I'm having a difficult time doing that. What are you, what is your day to day? What are you uh, doing to pass the time? Staying in bed late, you know, not not really getting up and getting ready until after you know, eleven thirty hits, twelve comes around. You know, play some Xbox. Yeah, I'm a big FIFA guy. Two K occasionally. Got Netflix up. My, I watched Rookie my of the player, Year today. Is it my player? Is that yeah. you watched Rookie of the Year? I watched Rookie of the Year today. Great. Um, terrific movie. Got mm-hmm. in the mood last night, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do today. Um, I've looked back at Henry some Rowan clips. Garner, is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I've looked back at some clips from the old games. I'm debating on what I want to do on Friday because everything's supposed, you know, it was supposed to start tomorrow. But a lot of the the bracket projections had us playing in Omaha, which would have been a Friday sure. slate. So Friday around the time that I think that we should have been playing, I, I might turn on. I, I can't. I can't. You know, there's a lot of old games on YouTube. Not sure if I want to watch, you know, okay. the 82-83 game when we actually won. Maybe the 91 game against Arizona State or any of the games from this year. Um, I've li- listened back to our call uh, against Maryland a lot. What a, what the a last game that we had. Um, you know, listen, like, if that's our send-off, like, that's a heck of a send-off. Sure. You know, to, to, to finish the season, you know, think about, you know, everything that we had been through. The highs of December. The gate, the win streak going into January, we beat Purdue. We're seven and three in the Big Ten, and I mean, it seemed like we're locked in. We have the slide off in February. It takes a geo miracle against Northwestern Garden. You know, a lot of close games on the road, and it all came down to gut checks in March 
against a top 10 team yeah. and at Mackey and they came through and you know you know it was the two of us on the call against Maryland and then it was us with the big man Pav <laughs> and Brant and, and Chris and, and Brant's sister and Stout 33 yeah. on 33rd and 7th or Broadway whatever it was you know sitting taking over the St. John's bar you know and just enjoying losing it. our minds and like most of the time, that's the end of the season. Like, yeah. like you remember, like a couple of, our freshman year, Rutgers beat Illinois on the last game of the season. Yep. Deshaun Freeman hit a yep. three, and he had like never done that before. Yes. Um, and they won one game in the Big Ten tournament, but Ohio like it was State, all yeah. right. It was all inconsequential. Yeah. So we were all sent off with this fond memory, a two-game win streak, you know. But with that, and then Ohio State, we were sent off. And we we're like, all right, well, at least it ended right. It ended right here too, but it's so crushing because we know it could have been. Um, and then we see all these all these bracket yeah. simulations, right? Well, it already had us out in the first round, so if, well, that, if that's any consolation. But that was, but I've seen I saw one simulation that had us making a run to the the to the, to the final four, which is just nuts. Because here, here's the bottom line, and this is what we knew watching them play all season long. They they were good enough to beat anybody. Yeah, there was not a team in the country that if Rutgers brought their A game, they couldn't beat. I mean, and that's what I think makes this season so incredible because you know ha- have you seen all the all the names that are going into the transfer portal yeah nobody yet from Rutgers no nope. um I don't I mean I think that there's like you know one name that like we could probably expect oh yeah bye bye Pete yeah like, <laughs> like I you know, like anyone else I I would be really you know like Teams get close. And, like, when you're on a team, it's a brotherhood. It's a yeah. family. You do everything together. But one thing's, like, so clear, like, from top to bottom, like, we talked about how there was no superstar on this team, that they all relied on each other, and every night it was a different person's night. And they were all truly happy when it was the other person's night. They're happy for that person. And so I think that they all had their ups, and they all had their downs. And, like, you know, there were, you know, there were certain times where, like, you know, Montez had a bit of a streak, but he finished the season red high. You know, yeah. Caleb barely played in the last couple of games. But in January, when he was asked to step up for Gio, when he went down, he was arguably the best player on the floor. He certainly was. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I, I can't see really any of these guys leaving. Um, I would be I would I guess I would be shocked, really, if I if any of them leave aside from Pete. Right. You know, which is what makes this so exciting going into the offseason because returning six of their top seven scorers. Right. And we're talking about like last year, this time after Rutgers had an incredible season by their typical Big Ten standards, winning seven games, um, nearly winning a few others, right? You talk about the game against Iowa, the game at home against Penn State. I mean, just so many close calls. I mean, they they could have been an NIT team. We wrapped up that season with expectations that Rutgers could be a postseason team in 2019-2020. We had NCAA aspirations, we had, I think, NIT expectations. Yes. This team was an NCAA tournament team without, I mean, bracket reveal or not, they were a tournament team. This offseason, now next year, it's we're not talking about They're, they're going to be a top 25 team. They certainly are. We have, I don't think it's, it's not even, next year it's NCAA tournament expectations. Yeah. And it's like Sweet 16, Elite 8 aspirations. How good can this team I be? I mean, I think that it's not that crazy if yeah. the Big Ten preseason poll comes out and Pico likes to say that Rutgers was picked 12th this year. I can totally see Rutgers being put in the top five. I, that's sure. not a crazy thing. I mean, well, Wisconsin's bringing goes, back you know? a lot of guys, and Ohio State's bringing back yeah. a lot of guys. Iowa, Iowa as well. And Michigan State, you have to expect, is going to be there. Do I you? Saw, yeah, probably. Foster lawyer running the show over there? 
<laughs> the Rockets going to come back. I like the development of Malik Hall. Xavier Tillman's yes. going to still be there. And they got Joey Hauser from um, yeah, Marquette. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, they're going to be good. They're going to be, you know, typical Tom Izzo team. But yeah. after those four, I don't really know. Well, Michigan's got a great recruiting class. Michigan per- State also has the number one recruit in the country coming in. Michigan State does? I, I believe so. Maybe it's 2021 that I'm thinking of. Hmm. But per- Purdue returns a lot of talent. But we beat Purdue twice. It's true. I thought I thought Rutgers was better than Purdue both times that I saw them this year. Right. But death taxes, Matt Painter, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the um, Illinois is another interesting one because— If Io comes back. I think Kofi right. is, but yeah. I don't know about Io. I don't think Kofi's good enough to be in the NBA yet. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, like, from a raw perspective, yeah. yeah I mean, he's, like, seven foot two ninety, and yeah. he's, like, 18 years old, which is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I haven't really like I've been looking at some big boards, you know, for the NBA. I don't see an IO on any of them. So I think he's I think he's going to test the waters, kind of mm-hmm. like you know what Corey Sanders did a couple years before he eventually decided to go and not get drafted. Now he's killing it overseas. Right. Um, I, I think IO will probably come back because he didn't make the tournament in the end. You know, Illinois finished top four in the Big Ten, but they didn't get to play a game in the Big Ten tournament. Like there's there's a lot of unfinished business. So I think if you're on the cusp of going to the NBA, maybe trying to find a spot in the G League overseas, you there might be more incentive to come back. Yeah. You know? Right. No, and that's true. And I don't think that's really a question for any of these guys on the Rockers team. It's just because I think that obviously, you know, you have Gio who's a junior, but everyone else is a sophomore. But I think they all understand their role and that they have places to grow. You know, they have room for improvement. Like I don't see any of them really you know, testing the waters no. like that. Like, like Ron is the guy who I, I would look at and see and think could be an NBA player, but he's he's got to change his body. Yeah, right. He's got to get he's got to drop himself the, up. Yeah, yep. drop that baby fat and you know bulk up twenty pounds and yep. you know get a continue to improve his three point shot. Exactly, get a consistent shot and he's an from an he NBA you know from a from a body perspective you know six foot seven two hundred forty five pounds that's an NBA type build yeah. for a a two or a three you know like that's a perfect yep. spot for him. Um, but he, but he needs to continue to mold, yep. and they know that Pico can do that. I mean, think about you know all the, you know the expectations that were exceeded individually. Right. You know, thinking about Paul Mulcahy, a freshman playing 30 minutes against Ohio State, and when Rutgers was actually mounting the comeback, and they brought it within uh, one or two possessions late, and like he was on the floor for that. You know, he's relied on as a floor general. Think about Jacob Young started the season with six turnovers against Bryant and he was arguably the best or second best player behind Gio playing, you know, in those last couple Down games. Stretch, absolutely. Like he was very, you know, he, he was invaluable, really. Absolutely. In certain times in, against Purdue, against Maryland, so it's I mean, exciting. these guys grow. It's exciting. Yeah, I mean, we get another year of it and like that's yeah. that's all we can really hope for, you know. It's really tough because we were robbed. Yep. You know, we weren't promised anything, but we were but they worked so hard and everyone rallied around it. The community coming around the coming around Rutgers, you know, I, I had, you know, back when we started in school and I would, you know, try to go to games, I did drag people to games. You know, yeah. I, I didn't go to games sometimes because I didn't have anyone to go with. So I would just sit, you know, in my dorm and watch it. Or maybe I would come to the station and watch it because I couldn't go with anyone. I didn't right, want to sit right. by myself. And now, yeah. you know, there were times where I ended up, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go to a game and then I was able to go and I would go by myself and I would still be able to find two or three clusters of people that I knew that 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 I the same people that I'm trying to drag to the rack 2 years ago 
there is showing up. They're lining up right. half hour before, right. and 90 minutes before a tip, trying to get tickets. People texting me for tickets, like, yeah. like I have tickets. Yeah, like I'm that guy. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I've never had access to tickets. That's never been my role as a broadcaster. But I, I appreciate people reaching out. <laughs> so. Before we move on to some other Rutgers sports, because it was also, I mean, it was a crazy year in Rutgers sports yes. as a whole. What a year to be a Scarlet Knight. Um, two favorite moments from the year, from the basketball season exclusively. One is a broadcaster, and one is a fan. You first. I'm putting you on the spot. No, no, so that's good. All right, so one is a broadcaster, yeah. one is a fan. Yeah. I think, I think the broadcaster has to be senior night. Okay. You know, that, I'll tell you, I was nervous before the game. Like, I was nervous for the call. Um, and, and, and you know what? I, I've been very fortunate. I've done this really since November of my freshman year back in 2016. And I've done a lot of games at the rack. And, and after the first few, I didn't get nervous anymore. I was really nervous for that game. Both because, you know, I wanted to sound good because right. I knew it was a right. big game. But just because I had invested so much time in the team. And the 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 way that I thought that we sounded on the call, the way that the game went, you know, right from the off. You know, there were other big games that that I had done. You know, Penn State also comes to mind as a really great game. But you know, the half that I broadcasted, that first half was really sluggish. Yeah, um, Rutgers was down. Like yeah, Mike Watkins had like 20. 18 points or something like that. Like yeah. he was just dominant, and Rutgers couldn't hit a shot to save the life. And obviously, they came back and they won. It was a tremendous game, and that was you know a part of that run. But senior night. They came out right from the off. Jacob Young hit three three-pointers, and they never looked back. The place was jumping. Um, I thought that, you know, from a production standpoint, we had, like, zero flaws, yeah. uh, which was awesome. Yeah. You know, everyone stepped up. You know, the team, the producers, and us as broadcasters, and that game was awesome. It was a great, you know, if, you know, you tell me that that's our last call, then I'm totally okay with that. You know, you expect more, yep. um, which is tough. But, yeah, that's probably number one as, as a broadcaster. As a fan... Top moment, I think I want to say, you know, that opening sequence against Seton Hall. Okay. You know, because yeah. that was a crazy day because, I mean, we did have some live pregame stuff outside, uh, outside the rack. We had a tent set up, and I was running the pregame show, and it was raining. It was crazy windy. Our tent blew over, and Bo Melton caught it. Um, you know, so, like, it was just a weird, like, hour leading up to we run in. And we walk into the student section right as they tip the ball, like literally as it's happening. And we like run and we find a spot to sit. And then Rutgers goes on this run. And I mean, the place was, you know, bursting. You know, there were lines of people before the doors even opened and it was raining. And it was like, and we were, that was before we knew what this team was capable of. It was before we would see 10 sellouts, nine straight sellouts. This was just the first one. Right. And there were people lined up, you know, before doors open. And I was like, what is going on? And people were like bursting at the seams trying to get hot. And then, you know, the alley two alley oops are on, and then a deep three pointer from Geo. And the place was just absolutely ballistic. You know, Miles Powell, you know, wasn't playing well. He eventually got concussed, you know, which is not, you know, something to celebrate, but it was notable. But he played, he was he was on the floor when Rutgers went up 14 nothing, you know, and he wasn't concussed at that point. Right. And that run. Every single shot, every single stop, the place got a little louder. Every single shot that they made, the place got a little louder. And as a fan, you know, I was there two years ago. I rushed the floor two years ago. This one was so much better. Yeah. It was louder from the start. It, you know, we didn't have to come back, you know, big, you know, down double digits. We just, 
took it to them from the start, and that was awesome. I mean, it was just an awesome that game and the and the Wisconsin game. Those were the moments that we were like, "Oh my God, we can do this! Right. Like we can play with anyone." Because I mean, look where Seton Hall finished. Yeah, number fifteen in the final AP poll. They were going to be a three seed. Yeah, like they were top ten for most of the year, and Rutgers beat them by twenty. Yeah, and they absolutely demolished them. Like it was nothing, and we were like, "Oh my God, this we could do it. We we can go dancing." And, and like so, I think yeah, I think those two moments. So you were on the call for the Seton Hall game. Yeah, it was uh, that was fun. Um, that was definitely fun. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a scene when when Rutgers got off to the start that they did. Um, what was it like for you as a color guy? Because I know when I do color, I like to have the one earpiece off so I could take yeah, it all in. I don't I don't know. I mean, you know because you've broadcasted so many games with me. Justin Santoup, the color guy, is Justin Santoup, the fan. Yes. Um, so I'm probably standing up, like urging the the fans behind us to to stand and and cheer louder because that's that's what I was that's what I was doing. Um, I, I don't really remember. I mean, it was it was a blur. I was a fan. It was a blur. Um, for me, my two favorite moments. Obviously, the Maryland game, that was my broadcast, my favorite moment as a broadcaster because that second half was just a nonstop party. That's exactly rack. right. It was a dance party at the rack um, because, it, look, it, Rutgers jumped out to a great first half. They were in front, and then they began the second half on a monster run, and Ron Harper Jr. hit a three from the left side in transition and made it a 13-point game, and the place just lost it's mine. And Tez handed it back to him, and Ron did the whole, like flap of the legs. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. It, the whole, I mean, Tez with the just, just punishing Jalen Smith again with a hammer. Um, God, I mean, there were so many awesome moments in that in that second half, and it was just fun to be a part of it. Rutgers danced their way to being in position to be in the NCAA tournament. The entire rack, like everybody at the, in the building knew what was at stake. Yeah. And that's what we talked about. Like everybody knew what was at stake, and that's why there was so much energy in that building. And the second half, it was like, wow, we're, we're doing it. We did it. Like Maryland, had, they'd cracked, and Rutgers just totally just ran right by, right by them. Everybody. When um, like Miles Johnson had a couple post moves, finishes over, um, over Jalen Smith, that was awesome. Tez was terrific. Jacob Young was great. Gio was like his steady self. He had one dunk to beat the shot clock. It was it was an awesome second half. It was so so much fun to be a part of. Um, and then as a fan, for me, the best moment was the game at the Garden because even though Rutgers lost, walking into that that the, the world's most famous arena, I mean the, the mecca of of all basketball, and. Rutgers playing Michigan, and Michigan, one of these these national brand schools who's had Rutgers nine, still uh, has Rutgers number. Um, and I think everybody expected kind of a 50-50 crowd, and Rutgers fans took over that arena, and it just showed what we can be as a fan base. It was it was red. I mean, the, the arena, the garden was red. It was loud for Rutgers, and I was just so proud of our fan base and, and what Rutgers has be, had become because – like when Rutgers played Wisconsin, I think in the first Super Saturday four four years ago, I went with my dad. Um, Rutgers took Wisconsin to overtime, a really good top twenty Wisconsin team took them to overtime, but it was all Wisconsin. It was like seventy five to eighty percent Wisconsin fans. It was the complete opposite at the Garden this time. And you, and you know Michigan travels well. They travel great. And Rutgers, you know, completely on that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was on the call for that game, and you know, like that's probably number two. You know, okay. for me, you know, just just because yeah. I broadcast that game at the Garden, you know, not many people can say that. Like, that's an awesome, you know, you know, honor, and you know, it was a it was a decent game. I mean, like, if Rutgers could, you know, hit a shot, 
probably would have won the game. <laughs> uh, but it was the only reason why Maryland topped is first of all the result, right? But also it was just, it was very cramped. It it was just like a series of really unfortunate events. I remember I wanted to catch a train because the train had our buddy Sam Marsdale on it, and it was going to be like the perfect timing. And but then I walked outside, and my car had a ticket on it. So then I had to move the car and I missed the train. And then I got there and I had to wait for my credential because they had packed everything up and left. And so I had to wait for someone to come down. Then we came and and we were where was really tight. We weren't up in the bridge like I had thought. We were like in front of like a section, but there was like plexiglass in front of us, and Reco and his crew were sitting right next to us, and the Michigan people were right next to them. It was really tight. You couldn't really like lean back because the wall was so close to you. And then they lost. Um, so, so, so calling the game at the garden was really nice, but right. the environment around it, you know, was iffy. Um, it was just a year of unbelievable moments. Though. Yeah. Like, like it's just the, the fact that, you know, the game at the garden against Michigan, yeah. where we hung with them, cut it to within two in the final 15 seconds, this, the, the, the fact that that can take a back burner right. and I can think of a couple other moments that could top it as well just shows, you know, how great top to bottom you know, it was at the rack. Right. I mean, the win over Penn State, I mean, I know we talked about it just a little bit, but my goodness, what, a, like, that win, I mean, we talked about Seton Hall, Wisconsin, really feeling like maybe we can do something. That win, Jake, we, we first of all, winter break, sellout of the rack, student section. There were two packed. or three. It, Sold out Indiana as well. It was incredible. And we, we walked into that game, sitting there pregame, before we went on air, just saying, well, this is the biggest Rutgers basketball game that they've played in 14 years. And it's... We were saying that you know maybe since the since eighty nine eight ten final maybe the biggest I think we said rack. that three or four times. <laughs> it's just I mean it was and then every single game after that was just as big and it was just an unbelievable season with some great moments. The comeback against Northwestern and you know if they lose to Northwestern they may not even be in position to to have that great week in March to make the NCAA to to really even if they did win know. those two games like they did if they lost to Northwestern I don't know if they make it or they they at least get sent to Dayton. There was the blowout win at Nebraska, where Rutgers, which had been the house of horrors for Rutgers, um, the, their first few years in the Big Ten. Um, the win at home over Nebraska, where they were comfortably in front the entire way until Nebraska made this crazy second half run, and then Rutgers was just the Geo Baker wouldn't let them lose. I still hate myself because you I fell asleep. Yeah, yeah I, 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 we, I was in Michigan. There was a women's basketball game in Ann Arbor the next day, and we were up by thirteen. And next thing I know, we're up by three, and Gio had just hit the shot that called a timeout, and I was like, oh, cool, we're still up. And Chris Sikonis is like, I've been yelling at you. Gio just hit a buzzer beater. I'm like, why did it take a buzzer? I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, just, it was an unbelievable basketball season. The women's basketball team had a great finish of their season. Yeah, they 21 were wins. Be, they were going to be in the NCAA tournament. It was a great year. In Rutgers sports as a whole, the women's soccer team made the NCAA tournament. The men's soccer team showed strides. Um, and, of course, They're young the, too. the lead, um, the, probably the lead storyline of the entire year in Rutgers sports, even maybe even bigger than Rutgers basketball having their incredible season, is the return of Greg Schiano, and we got to cover that. He's back. Um, <laughs> he's back as the head football coach whenever football games may resume. We don't know. Um, but it's just it's been an incredible, incredible year. Interrupt your sports. I mean, it's just hard to like, like if you think back, the year began with Chris Ash as the head football coach and McLean Carter as the starting quarterback. <laughs> and now it ends short. It ends, you know, cut too short, obviously, with Rutgers men's basketball as an NCAA tournament caliber team. Just like, 
I mean, it's been a, a crazy, crazy whirlwind seven, eight months. Just hard to believe. Um, but we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by Rutgers head men's basketball coach, Steve Peichel. Keep it locked to the WRSU crew. And welcome back to WRSU crew. Jake Ostrove alongside Justin Santoup. And we're going to head to the phones now. Joining us now live on the line is the Rutgers men's basketball coach, Steve Peichel. Coach, how are we doing today? Justin, Jake, uh, we're, we're doing well. How are you guys today? Coach, we could be better. We wish we were preparing to call a, an NCAA tournament game with you guys tomorrow. I know. Is it, It's been a crazy few days, hasn't it? And, it, uh, it has been. Not only were you going to call it, we were going to win a few games too. So Absolutely. We were getting ready to play. We were playing some great basketball and very confident, you know, that my team would have went into any tournament and, and, and been ready to perform. So uh, disappointing, but we all have to stay smart, stay safe, and stay healthy. Coach, first off, before we even get into it, I, I just want to thank you because um, Jake and I have been Rutgers basketball fans our entire lives, and we have not had, we've not experienced a season like this as fans um, ever. Um, so just thank you to you and your team for, for providing this, and just we're so excited about where Rutgers basketball is today and where it's going to be in the future. So keep it up, Coach. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm glad you guys have been great all year. I appreciate you following us. I appreciate you reporting, and Appreciate you keeping the students involved because that was a you know big part of what we took over four years ago. Try to really get the students involved, and we certainly did that you know at a high level. And they made the place a really tough place to play the rack. And so I'm very coach. You talk about the students and and the rack, the environment, and everything. Everything that's happened, you know, you could list the accolades until it's your time to go. You saw glimpses of it over your first three years, but when you were coming into year four here, did you even expect that any of this was even possible to happen? Well, I mean, I, I knew, you know, if you get the right team and, and the, you know, great kids and students embrace them. And I think we started four years ago with that freshman class, getting them to games. And, um, you know, the games are fun and they're fun to be a part of and great teams coming into the rack. And, and uh, you know, I, I knew – if we could play an exciting brand of basketball and we had a team that was willing to sacrifice and do all those things that we could get the place uh, rocking. And uh, thank God we did because every game we go to on the road, it's, it's like that. I mean, it just is. It's the toughest league in the country to play play in and, and the road venues are, are brutal. And uh, we've done a really good job now making the rack a place that nobody wants to come to. So I'm very thankful that everyone's efforts for that. Coach, this season, um, when you came into this season, did you have the the expectations or even the idea that that come March you guys would be in position to to do something here that hasn't been done in 29 years? Yeah, I mean, you know, you always hope that. Those are always your goals. It really boils down to the players on the team and how hard are they willing to work and how much are they willing to sacrifice. And then, you know, you got to have some luck too. You got to be injury free and. Uh, you got to be playing good basketball at the right time of the year, and, and you got to learn through the you know ups and downs of a season. And you know, I think this team you know did that, and they took on all the different challenges. And we were very young uh, basketball team, a lot of first year guys. Uh, they continued to get better. They defended. I think we finished the year fifth, you know, best defensive efficiency in the country. And I know when I took it over, I think we were in the 300s. 
So to be fifth in the country in defensive efficiency really gives you a chance to win basketball games. And they just kept getting better on the defensive end and offensive end of the floor. Coach, when you you look at what happened this year, especially at the rack, I mean, most wins at home in the entire nation, 18-1, and one, that's a program record, and you had nine straight sellouts, 10 on the year. I mean, everyone said, and I think your former coach and, and mentor, Jim Calhoun, also says, you know, if you build something at Rockers, they will come. Did you ever expect that people were going to come like this? You know, I, you know, you're always hopeful. And, and again, I think it has a lot to do with your team. And I think people, I mean, I can't tell you how many letters I got. They enjoyed watching our team play and how hard they played and how unselfishly they played. And so I think, um, you know, people that came enjoyed the environment. Um, you know, the rack was jumping, you know, there's all, we got the great band and the dance team and the cheerleaders and all the different entertainment too around it. So I think it was really a, an event to come to. And, you know, I'm just thankful that they came out like that and, and hoping this becomes every year. That's what happens when, when Rutgers basketball plays, the place is packed and that'll be a big help as we continue to grow our program. Coach, your team was on the floor warming up for the chance to avenge a couple of earlier season losses to Michigan in the first round or your first game of the big 10 tournament. Um, and then we're pulled off of the court when the Big Ten made the announcement to cancel the tournament, and then eventually the dominoes fell and the NCAA canceled the NCAA tournament as well. What was that like for you and for your team? You know, I mean, obviously tough. I mean, uh, we were 10 minutes before tip-off, so we were expecting to play. And then we were expecting to play in the NCAA tournament, too, with no fans, but we had already come to that. You know, I told the guys it'll be the most watched NCAA tournament in the history of sports. Um, you know, because everyone would have been tuning in um, to those games. So um, at the time, the Big Ten tournament was canceled. We didn't know about the NCAA tournament. By the time we landed back in in Newark on our way back from Indianapolis, um, you know, the phones told them that, you know, the tournament had been canceled too. So, you know, it was just sad because this team deserved to keep playing. They're great. Our seniors, Shaq Carter, Joey Downs, and Quasi Yaboa, you know, just great and and to not have that opportunity to experience, you know, uh, March Madness. I, I was lucky enough as a player and a coach to experience it. It's just memories that you can't replicate. Um, so I felt really bad, you know, for doing all the work and how hard and the type of season that they had that they wouldn't, you know, have a chance to play in, in March Madness. So um, I think they were disappointed. I think everybody was, but you also have to, you know, be smart at this time. This is unprecedented what we're dealing with. And, you know, it's more important that everyone stays healthy. Coach, have you been uh, biding your time for the last week or so? Are you social distancing? I mean, you know, um, we've been in and, and doing, you know, things at work. And, um, you know, I'm home right now with, you know, with my family. I'm trying to obey all the rules and try to keep it safe for everybody. But uh, we have some work to do, too. Coach, have you had a chance to really sit back at all and reflect on, on the season? And if so, what were some of the moments that stick out in your mind, whether it's um, whether it's on the court or even off the court over the last few months? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, this year was, you know, like you said, this was a historic year for a lot of reasons to finish tied for fifth place in this league. We were picked 12. We talked about that a lot. <clears throat> you know, and to have a winning record, this was the best year since I've been in the Big Ten and, and probably not even close. I 
I do believe 10 teams would have got into the tournament. I know people were talking about, you know, a couple other teams like Purdue, but Purdue, if they had played in any other league, would have finished in the top four of any other league. Our league was just so deep from top to bottom. Um, and Purdue was an NCAA tournament team too, Indiana for sure. You know, so our league is good, uh, you know, a showing 11 teams ranked out of 14. The percentages of that are unheard of in any league. Um, so, um, you know, I really feel, you know, great about the season. There were a lot of different memories, you know, obviously 18 and one at home and the rack jumping every time we played, you know, the end of the year uh, being the last NCAA team of the week, the last week of the season, you know, beating a Maryland team that, you know, I think could have won a national championship and then going to Purdue on senior night, a game that they had to have and, and winning that game or, you know, in the celebration afterwards in the, in the locker room are, you know, quite memorable, but, you know, there were other games too that were memorable. I think there were games we lost that were big steps, you know, towards us improving and getting better, um, you know, and that's all part of the journey too. Everyone talks about the wins, but, um, you know, the losses are part of your journey and the losses help you win, you know, at times when you don't play as well as you do, as you think you should. And, you have to learn from that. You have to practice better. You have to get, you know, guys to, you know, do a better job with scouting reports, all those different things that you learn from games that don't actually go your way. So I think those were some turning points too. some of those games that we didn't play as well. Coach, when you look at the team and, and the steps that were taken from year one or last season to this season, especially with this core group of sophomores, I mean, between Montez and Ron, Miles and Caleb, they all started a majority of the game combined for the last two years, really. I mean, Miles was playing, you know, starters minutes off the bench last year. And so you're going to return all of them next year. Gio's going to get another year. And then you add in a bunch of other pieces. You know, Oscar's been on campus already since January. You're going to add in a couple freshmen. You got one more scholarship spot open. You know, as you look ahead to next year, obviously this year you, you've achieved so much, but yeah, how do you look to continue to build on to next year? Well, I mean, that's what you have to do. You have to, you know, just continue building their program. Every year we've done that. We expect to do it again next year. Um, we'll be more experienced, which will be a good thing. Um, we've been one of the youngest programs in the country over the last two seasons. So uh, we'll be bringing back some veteran guys that lived through it for the first time this year. You know, they lived through being ranked. They lived through being favorites in games. They lived through you know, the pressure of having to win every game down the stretch to go to an NCAA tournament, you know, um, those experiences will pay dividends next year, uh, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll continue to grow. Our players that are in the program will continue to get better. Hopefully we'll get through this crisis that we're all in right now and get our guys back on campus so they can get back to, you know, being, you know, really good basketball players. So, um, but I expect more moving forward that, you know, we're going to expect to be good and uh, we're going to expect to have a great home court advantage. And, you know, I hope that continues and thankful for the new practice facility that we have, which is going to pay huge dividends, you know, down the road in recruiting and with our player development. And hopefully we continue to have great kids that do well. We have a 3.0 in the classroom too, as a team, you know, those things are very important, you know, too, in building your program. And, you know, these guys have done a really good job uh, of maintaining that strength of, you know, their academics, too. 
Coach, last question before we let you go. Um, one thing that really stuck out about this team was everybody's ability to kind of fit into a role and the, the, the just the, the chemistry between your players. Where did that come from, and what made this team so special in that respect? Well, you know, I just think even as you go through the you know obstacles of the season, guys just kept you know getting better and fighting through them and believing in each other and. You know, to be top five defensive team out of 353 teams is a hard thing to do, and that takes sacrifice and being together and being connected. And, you know, we started the season in Spain, and I think that, you know, helped us. And, you know, um, the guys just kept getting better. And, and you saw, you know, Jacob Young down the stretch and how good and Gio got through the thumb injury, which was a brutal, you know, you break your thumb in the middle of the season and you're a ball handler and shooter. That's always a huge obstacle. And then other guys had some sicknesses and some slumps, and they just kept fighting through all those different things. And everybody tried to pick each other up, and they really kind of embraced it was somebody's night. You know, it was Miles' night one night. It was Montez's night. And the other guy, let's get Montez the ball, and let's get Ron the ball, and let's get Jacob the ball, and, you know, Caleb, let's get him the ball, you know, those kind of things. And um, I think they did a really good job, and we had very good leadership, too, and that's always a big part of it, you know, especially down the stretch when you're really counting on your older guys to play with a sense of urgency that younger guys don't sometimes have. So, um, you know, uh, good seasons come because, you know, players sacrifice and work their tail off, and, um, you know, this group certainly did that. Coach Peichel, thank you so much for, for coming on and joining us for 15 minutes tonight. Justin, Jake, I appreciate you having me on. You guys have a great night. Stay healthy. You too, Coach. That was Rutgers head men's basketball coach Steve Peichel joining the WRSU crew for probably the final time this season. But big things coming for Rutgers men's basketball next year and in the future. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by another very successful Rutgers coach. Coach Scott Goodale of the Rutgers wrestling program will be joining us on the WRSU crew in 30 seconds. Keep it locked. This is the WRSU crew on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. WRSU Sports, the most exciting voice in Rutgers athletics. Don't believe us? Just ask. Hi, this is Pat Hobbs, athletic director here at Rutgers University, and you're listening to WRSU-FM New Brunswick, broadcast home of the Rutgers Athletic Scarlet Knights. Melton breaking free inside the 10, 5, he's in the end zone. Touchdown, Scarlet Knights. Mathis rises, flushes, right hand tomahawk, let's go. Taking the snap is Levis, pressure does come, and he gets tripped up at the 29-yard line. Told ya. Welcome back to the WRSU crew and a special edition here over spring break amid everything that's going on. Jake Ostrov and Justin Sontoop. You just heard Rutgers men's basketball coach Steve Peichel. We're now going to shift to the wrestling program with Coach Scott Goodell. Coach, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing really good, Coach. So, I mean, everything kind of just seemed to come to a halt. But, you know, before all of this happened, before Nationals, you know, got kicked to the curb and everything, you, you had the Big Ten tournament at the rack. You know, what was it like for you? You know, you started 
10 and 11 years ago, you know, in the college ab gym, you moved to the rack, you had national champions. What was it like to see this season culminate at the rack? Oh, special. You know, it's, uh, I've always said this is, since we've been in the conference, I think the big 10 wrestling championships, that tournament in particular is probably next to the Olympics, the national tournament, one of the best, uh, wrestling events there is in this whole world. So, uh, it was awesome to host it. It was great to be a part of it. Um, the excitement, the fans, was uh, they all came out. You know, Jersey, as you know, as a very uh, as a very smart, intelligent, knowledgeable fan base, and our guys kind of fed off that at least that first day. And then our fans just got to see some incredible wrestling. So great to host it. I thought our administration did an incredible, incredible job. Uh, it, it was pretty neat. And then obviously, you know, the culmination is right there, and boom, done, and Big Ten is over. And that's kind of where we're at today. Coach, obviously a really young team this season, but some guys stepped up and had really impressive years in in the Big Ten, which is probably, uh, not probably, definitely the toughest wrestling conference in all of college wrestling. Guys like Sammy Alvarez um, had a really big year. Nico Aguilar had a really strong season. Um, Billy Janzer, what can you say? They're all freshmen, you know. What can you say about the youth movement for your team? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the knowledgeable wrestling fan and the people in New Jersey and that surround our program were kind of, especially with Suriano taking this Olympic red shirt, kind of knew what we were going to be up against, knew what we were going to go through. But surprisingly, we did a lot better kind of than I thought we would as far as on paper goes and coming into the season. I know it wasn't our best Big Ten championships, but really at the end of the day, it's about advancing these guys to the national tournament. So, uh, yeah, those guys were young. They're freshmen. We started six of them in our lineup for most part of the year. Five of them entered the Big Ten tournament, and uh, three of them were fortunate enough to qualify. And probably Gerard Angelo, uh, if he wasn't concussed, would have had a really, really good opportunity to, to wrestle at the national tournament. So our, our youth movement, yeah, it was exactly that. You know, our young guys wrestled really, really well throughout, you know, very consistently throughout the course of the year. Here's the thing, though. Not only were we young from a grade standpoint and an age standpoint, we were young throughout the lineup. Guys like Brett Donner, even though they're, they're redshirt sophomores or juniors in school, uh, Willie Scott, who's a, a fifth-year senior, they've never really been in our lineup full-time. So Nick Santos, and I'm going on and on, uh, Alex Esposito, those guys have never been in our lineup full-time. So it was really – we were putting out – other than Pagano and Mikey Van Brill, we were putting out eight new guys every single time kind of managing the waters of the Big Ten, and I thought overall uh, they did a pretty good job. I mean, as a team, you had a historic class leave from last season with two national champs. You had a top 10 finish at nationals, and then you said it. You had six guys who just really didn't have the experience, and and on paper, as a team, you just had a two-match difference in the record. So, I mean, what do you attribute to such a quick turnaround with such a young, inexperienced group? Well, I think our, obviously you get two national champs, right? Your recruiting goes boom through the roof. We had a really, really good recruiting class, the number fa- number four ranked recruiting class in the country. Uh, so these guys coming out of high school can really, really wrestle. And more importantly, they want to wrestle right away. They grew up watching Rutgers wrestling. Uh, they grew up watching huge matches in the rack. These guys want to be in the lineup and they want to contribute right away. So I contribute a lot of it to that. You know, these guys are hungry to perform and compete. Uh, they don't want to sit around and wait. They felt if they were the guy, they're going to go. They understand college wrestling is a grind. It's a grueling sport. It's a long – to do five years is tough. Uh, so if they were ready to go, they wanted to go. And I think what you're seeing nowadays across the board is 
is freshmen are winning at this level and they're winning right away. And uh, uh, it's because of what's happening at the high school level and the club wrestling. These guys are really, really prepared coming into college. Coach, this, um, this season obviously came to a, a screeching halt. Um, how did you find out that the coronavirus was going to cancel the NCAA championships and how did your team find out? And I guess as a whole, how did you and, and your five national qualifiers kind of deal with, with the, the, the upsetting news? Oh man, loaded question. That's uh, I was obviously following the heck out of it. And uh, you know, when they, I think the news came out, we were going to do this without a crowd. That was kind of the first thing. And I immediately got on the phone with, uh, coach Angham, the head coach at University of Minnesota, and I was staying in contact with him, and it didn't look great. And uh, but we kept going about our business, practicing every single day, uh, training. We had all of our guys in there training our guys that were going to the tournament. Our spirits were kind of high. Uh, and then when they canceled basketball, me personally kind of figured that's that's probably going to be it for the national wrestling championship. So I kind of knew. And then we we're actually in the practice room that day coming to an end our practice and I had a bunch of texts on my phone and kind of knew that that was going to be it we didn't end up telling our guys until uh I put Joe Pollard was on a conference call with Pat Hobbs um and he kind of got the word at three o'clock on that day I think it was last Thursday uh that the the tournament was going to be canceled so that's kind of how we figured out and I took all five coaches we called each of our guys individually uh and then kind of went about it that way and our guys weren't really surprised, to be honest with you. You know, it's just such an unprecedented time. And, you know, obviously you guys were building to the biggest moment of the year. Everything from the start of the season was culminating this weekend. And, yeah, how do you find the words to talk to these guys, especially the seniors who, you know, who made the tournament, who were, you know, who were going to play on the, you know, in the national stage? How do you find the words to, to talk to those guys and, you know, it's, it's a very emotional time. Yeah, it was really, really emotional, you know, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to put it, we only have one senior, right, Jordan Pagano, who came back from all these injuries and he got a sixth year and here he is probably wrestling the best he's ever wrestled towards the end of the year. And then he breaks his hand two weeks before the Big Ten tournament. So now he's rehabbing, trying to get it back and staying off the mat to be healthy, forfeiting, uh, but his, his hand's getting better and he's still training. And he's so excited that maybe this is the year to kind of be an All-American. He's been through six of them. Uh, and then you kind of got to tell him. Now, fortunately, we have a really, really good relationship with Jordan. And uh, he, had a, he had a really good peace of mind about it. But it was emotional. Making that phone call wasn't an easy thing to do. Even though he kind of knew in the back of his mind, because we talked all week, like, this could be canceled. You never want to see it end that way. Uh, you know, dealing with the younger guys, they know there's another opportunity out there. And to a man, they all said, you know, I just feel bad for Jordan. I feel bad for Jordan, a six-year guy. So that's kind of how they were going about it. That's kind of how they were, I guess, internalizing whatever word you want to use. That's how they were dealing with it, kind of putting the focus on Jordan. Uh, As you talk to him now, and I talk to him all today, it's, man, I wish I had an opportunity to train because we'd be out there right now preparing, and then tomorrow morning it would start. So, uh, yeah, that's the hardest part. It's an emotional thing to think about. I think about all the seniors, and not just from our program, this wrestling community so, you know, closely knit and are so tight, whether we're rivals on the mat or not, it's a, it's a tight community. So you feel for all those guys uh, you've competed against and, and some of most seniors that have an opportunity to finally maybe win a national title or become an All-American. 
Coach, we had um, we had Jordan on on the crew, I think, a few weeks ago to prepare for the to to pre- prepare and preview the Big Ten tournament, for the Big Ten championships, and and his competitive you edge. Didn't know he had a broken hand, did you? No, we 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 didn't. No, he did a heck of a job keeping that low. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could just, but his competitive edge definitely shined through, and it was uh, yeah. really upsetting, I guess, as you were saying, and as, as the team was saying, for him that he won't get the opportunity to compete on the national stage because he, he had some huge wins this season, right? He won it, he won in Princeton, and he, he won at Ryder. Um, he had as good a chance as any to, to as you said, to 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 become an All American. Absolutely, you know, he beat three top ten guys. If Ryder, you know, if you're going to count Ethan Laird as a top ten guy, he was on the fringe. But beating Pat Bucky at the time was number three in the country. Yeah, he was right there, and he was wrestling his best. And what was weird and ironic was Jordan was student teaching all year long, especially uh, excuse me, the second half of the year he was doing all his student teaching. So he was actually never really practicing with us in the morning with the team. He was coming afterwards, so he was doing all these one on ones to put in time and do an extra. And sometimes those one-on-ones could be a lot harder than a team practice, right? Cause you're not getting any breaks. So he was doing so much. And if you don't know Jordan, he's just such a, he's not only a good kid in our program, but he's an incredible, he's an incredible person outside of it. He does a lot of community service, does a lot with embrace the kids, uh, the local hospitals. He's such a, a, a fan favorite. So stuff like that, that that's what kills you. You know, you, you, you're emotional for him. You know, what could have been, and he was wrestling great. And, that tournament humbles you. We've had guys go into that tournament on a roll and lose right away. We've had guys go into that tournament who are having really bad years and end up being All-American. So who knows what happens at the national tournament, but I just know Jordan was in such a good headspace to really put his best foot forward and compete at the highest level. Coach, looking ahead to next season, obviously you're going to have a bunch of key guys in the lineup returning. Um, what are your thoughts going into the offseason, and how, how high can Rutgers wrestling go? How far can the Scarlet Knights go as a program next season and the years beyond? Well, I think, we're, I, I think it's pretty clear. You know, with, with the recruits we got, we have an incredible recruiting class coming in again. Uh, the pieces are there. Now it's putting it all together um, and, and just living a championship lifestyle, right? The future's so bright, but you really, really got to capitalize. You really, really have to. And I listened to a little bit of Coach Pico before – I came on, and it, it's just continue to develop these guys, continue to get them better. We have an opportunity to do some really, really special things, and, and it should be a top-ten program year in and year out. That's the way our guys feel. We knew there'd be a step backwards, but it was all in preparation for what the future holds and how good. There's some guys that are sitting sitting back home redshirt and that are really, really talented. And then, of course, we got some guys coming back off redshirt and some Olympic redshirts. So uh, who else? Who else? And without putting much out there, who else is going to show up in Piscataway come come fall to really help this program? So it's an exciting time for us right now. We have to continue to develop uh, whoever, who knows when that is, right? Uh, but but as soon as we're given the green light, we'll be back in that room preparing and just continue to get better because there's a lot of competition in this room right now, and it's a hard thing to do to make that lineup and be one of the 10 guys that take the mat. So that's a good thing, and we're certainly excited about that. Coach, last thing before we let you go, you had another spectacular year at home. Attendance through the roof again. I mean, over 3,000 season tickets, top five nationally in attendance. You know, fans showed up through the Big Ten tournament. I mean, as you continue to build this program and you're saying, you know, this year was like a one step back to go two steps forward type deal. You know, what's your message to the fans, you know, coming off of a big year this year, you know, where you took a young group to you know, exceeding expectations and then building on to what should be another really exciting year next year. 
just stay with us. I mean, it's an exciting time right now. Like I said, uh, as far as wrestling goes, I know it's not an exciting time in our world, but, uh, you know, you know, we're going to do everything possible to make this a, a program that can compete at the national level. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we're picking off one of those big guys, big guns. And, and that's kind of where we believe we're at. And I think we got the group that believes it as well. It's one thing if you get one or two national champs that believe it, but when you start getting 20 guys that believe we should be wrestling with Penn state, Iowa, Ohio state, so on and so forth, night in and night out, that's kind of what you want. So continue to support. It's an incredible uh, home atmosphere at the rack. Our fans come out in droves. They, they do an incredible job. Again, they're super, super knowledgeable. This thing, I promise you, will get bigger and better uh, because there's a lot of help on the way. So there's there, there's an exciting future with this group. I think you know that. And uh, we, we certainly, again, once we get the green light, we certainly can't wait to get going. And you know Jersey's got your back, too. Coach, want to thank you for your time. You know, excellent job this year. Can't wait to see what happens next year. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay inside, or I let this thing pass over. Will do, Coach. That that was Rutgers wrestling coach Scott Goodell. We're going to step aside, but on the other side, we're going to have NJ Advanced Media's James Crash join us and break everything down on the year that was. Maybe we'll find out how Crash is doing in social isolation. We'll have to see on the other side here on WRSU Crew on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. I got the horses in the back.